0: Learn more at marines.com. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged.
1: And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited you decided to join us today. Uh, Before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market you aren't gonna find anything else like it. They are our sponsors because I own three of them and I truly believe in this machine. I truly believe in the people that work there and the product. Uh, mention Coach Unplugged and they will give you $400 off. Just say, Coach Collins sent me. to, to pick an offense. If you're looking for anything, it's got it there for you. As I hit my microphone. Oh, well, um, it, you know, and it also helps us pay the bills, helps us keep all these podcasts, um, the high school hoops and five minute basketball coaching podcasts and funnel down and all these things free to you. Um, teachhoops.com is what pays the bills and keeps the lights on. So, um, we'd love if you went over and check that out and let's head off to the podcast. So coach, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Um, and kind of tell your basketball journey. Um, and then we'll, we'll dive into, I have lots of questions about the offense you run and and your school that you're at and all those kind of things. So coach Jennings, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and kind of just tell the people kind of where you started and how you ended up where you are right now and all that kind of stuff in between. Cause I think it's really important for people to know people's story. That's why all my podcasts I've started this way recently in the last year or so. Um, because it's been one of my things I've been talking to my, my teams about. It's like no one really knows another person's story unless they yeah. take the time to find it out, and they yeah, might be having absolutely. a bad day and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Coach.
0: Well, my name is Aaron Jennings. I'm the men's bet- head basketball coach at Mount Mercy University. Um, I've been the men's head coach here for five years. Um, but, I, I mean, I grew up Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's kind of right in the middle of the state. I grew up about 20 minutes outside of town, small town of at Atkins. Um, you know, when I was there, less than a thousand people, you know, went to Bent Community High School. So it was like seven small towns that all went, drove to this high school, um, you know, played there, graduated in 99, and then was recruited um, to Northwestern University by Kevin O'Neill. And so. Oh, I God. Went, yeah. I did. Kevin O'Neill. Yep. Kevin absolutely. O'Neill, so,
1: Marquette guy.
0: Yes, yeah. from Marquette, Tennessee, USC um you know he's he was in the nba he was head coach of the raptors for one year you know so um yeah it's the I coaching that's the, the, the i always tell the young coaches I say, if you want to get in the college game
1: buy some suitcases yeah <laughs> because absolutely yeah. there's only one coach k yeah you know yeah. even look at california or yeah, yeah so. there aren't many of those like yeah. you know you got to be like a, you know and i like buzz buzz is at virginia tech yeah, right absolutely. now absolutely yeah. no buzz is at no texas, texas down A&M. In- He's a Texas Texas A&M. A&M Yep. Absolutely. But when I mean, you look at him, it's like Buzz is a great guy. But you, you have to jump around. Your yep, life absolutely. expectancy is so. like five years. Yeah. But so the so. good ones, what they do is they stay four
0: or five and then they jump ship. Yeah. Before they well, get- I'm yeah. hoping to change that a little bit. I've been here quite a while. So yeah. Yes. So, but the big boys, but, I think it's a it's
1: almost a money thing, like selling yep. tickets. It's like they yeah. need yeah.
0: Well, if somebody's going to give me one of those contracts, you know, I'll maybe, maybe move on a little bit. You so, take one of those. Yeah, You take absolutely. one of those big ones, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but Kevin O'Neill recruited me, played for him for one year, um, and then he left. He went to the NBA. He was an assistant. And uh, Bill Carmody came in, you know, and he came in from Princeton. And so I played for him for three years, sophomore, junior, senior year. Um, after that, I thought, I mean, I'm 6'11". I'm a big guy as a post. You know, I could step outside and shoot a little bit. Carmody came in and taught me that um do you think your game fit his style no not initially O'Neill, O'Neal recruited me you know in high school I think I shot two threes in the same game because we were you know ahead by 40 and I made one and missed one you know probably made one and airballed one um but then Carmody came in and kind of every year just you know my sophomore year I maybe shot 25 threes and then junior year 50 and then by the time I was a senior I shot a 75 or 80 you know so it just kind of developed um But then I thought, okay, I'm going to, I want to be a professional. I wanted to be a professional for as long as time. I wasn't good enough to play in the NBA, uh, wanted to, you know, but I wasn't that level of player. And so I thought, okay, I'll go overseas and play for 10 years and then get into coaching. I always wanted to get into coaching, but I thought I'd play professionally first. And so I went to Croatia briefly, um, got hurt, had to come home. Uh, While I was home rehabbing, trying to get healthy. I helped coach at my high school. My brother was a senior Not at the time, but now my brother-in-law was a junior. He was our best player. And so I helped out at my high school for one year. Um, And then I uh, got picked up where I played for uh, the River, Cedar Rapids River Raiders. They were a semi-pro team here in town. Um, And then played for them for maybe a month and a half, two months. But once again, couldn't get healthy. I couldn't train hard enough and long enough. I wasn't a natural, just gifted athlete or anything. I was tall, you know, and somewhat skilled. And so... Um, but I just couldn't stay healthy and I just kind of decided that it was time to stop beating on my body, you know, and get into coaching. Was it knees? knees? Well, knees, shins, back, everything at different times. Um, You know, it's just one of those things. If you want to be a pro, you have to work at it and work at it, you know, they're going to pay you to play basketball, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, I always say, I'm lucky enough. They're paying me to coach. That's a pretty special thing. Right, um, right. But paying you to play basketball. Even you have to do it 30, 40, 50 hours a week. Do you think you played too much as a, as a kid? Nope, not at all. Okay. I just think okay. that just, just, just my body just kind of. I have so. a theory.
1: I have a theory with the bigger bodies yeah. that I think sometimes, and all my big guys have had some, a little bit of issues later like yep. professionally and stuff. Just, it's like, I wish we could just back off the summer a little bit. I think, yep. the, I, I think a body, I, your side, I think I was not meant to pound that much yeah. over, over and over yeah. and over again.
0: And I think I was playing a little bit before it AAU stuff just went crazy. Right. You know, we played, we played as a, you know, we played in Iowa you know, state tournament okay. and we went to different places, yeah. but I wasn't playing 60, 70 games in a summer. I know, you know and that's what these like big, bo-
1: some of these big bodies are doing that right now. It's like, you yeah. guys, it's, you have a fight. There's only so much in the tank.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. When so, you're 6'10". Yeah. And it's so, like, yeah.
1: eventually something's going to, a hip's going to give or like, Yep. Yeah. you know, so, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I feel good now and I still can get out there and play with my guys now and I'm good with my, you know, but it's uh, not as much. And, you know, I just shoot now. don't play <laughs> I, defense, like, but, I, yeah, I so, tell them I'll
1: beat uh, you in a game of horse. I'll beat him. Yeah, absolutely. And I not will me. every once
0: in a while. I'll have to do that too. So <laughs> put them back, you know, knock about the pedals still. Yes. Bit, so. Yes. Um, but then, you know, so then after that, I Mount Mercy is right here in Cedar Rapids. So like I said, I was when I was trying to get healthy, I I'd had some AU friends that played here. I had a high school friend that played here, and so I would be up here. I'd play in open gyms and stuff like that. And so I just got to know Paul Gavin, the head men's coach here. And then I just finally, when I stopped playing, I said, "Hey, I want to get into coaching." And at the time, he had an, ass, you know, assistant, you know, part-time assistant. Um, but I said, "Sure, I always need help, you know." And once again, I've played. I'd played basketball. And at a high level. And so he said, sure. And then like a week or 10 days later, the assistant got a head job, moved right. on. And so I just kind of slid right into the top assistant job or the money, you know, the, the small amount of money that it was. Right. And so then it, you know, that just kind of moved forward. So I got kind of lucky being in the right place at the right time. And so then I was, I was his assistant for four years and learned so much. And, you know, it was very different than, you know, Coach O'Neal and Coach Carmody. Um, but then I was ready to be a head coach. I mean, I was ready to move on. I I didn't want to, when I was an assistant coach, I worked on a farm for a few years. I drove a truck, delivered car parts and brakes and tires and stuff, you know, but I just wanted to coach. And so, um, the women's job here at Mount Mercy opened up and, you know, I'd never thought about coaching women before. Um, and I started, I kind of called around and talked to some people. Well, if I start coaching women, will I ever be able to jump back or what's it like? You know, kind of thing.
1: And what answer did you get on that?
0: And they all said, if you can coach, you can coach. If you can, if you can coach women, you can coach men. If you can coach men, you can coach women. Like if you, it's, it's more about like your personality, your style. It's more about connecting with the players. Right. Um, and so I, so I applied for the job, you know, and I was one of the three finalists and then I ended up getting the job. Um, and it was awesome. You know, I just kind of immediately from day one, you know, the, the women's team, had seen me as the men's assistant and they had seen kind of all the workouts that I did with them, being in the weight room with them, kind of, and even back then playing with them a lot more. And so they kind of saw that work from me, even though I was part-time, I was here every day, you know, doing the stuff with the men's team as the assistant. And so I just kind of, um, when I became the women's coach, I just worked to connect with them. i worked to earn their trust. Um, And I, I've kind of always said that, you know, you want, players to run through a brick wall for you but you have to show that you're going to run through a brick wall for them. Right. And so that's just kind of what I did. I just worked on connecting with the players and putting in the work and telling them that I'm going to put in the work and you're going to put in the work and we're going to do this together.
1: It's, and I'm telling and you I works. tell all the young coaches it's not the Xs and Os are important. Yeah. So you can find out all the Xs and Os yeah, in the world. And then right now it's like look at all the books. I used to have to look this stuff yeah. up or buy DVDs or VHS tapes. There's, yep. You can find anything you want now, but if you don't yeah. connect with them, they're not going to. Yeah. You're right.
0: It, it does not matter. It, I mean, I, I believe in the Princeton offense. We run the Princeton offense, but it does not matter. I mean, right. you could it, it you could pick any system, and if you b- get your players to believe in it, and you believe, and if you believe in it, you get your players to believe in it, um, and you need some talent, right? Um, <laughs> but you can, hopes. but you could create winning. You know, there, and, so there's two
1: types of coaches. <laughs> It was coaches with players and ex-coaches. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Absolutely.
0: But I was the women's coach for seven years. Just amazing. And just, so just so many connections and so many, you know, great things. And then, but then um, the, Paul Gavin, the coach that I was his assistant, he actually, he got hired as our athletic director. And so the school said. Um, you know, sub coaches have ADs and sis- coaches be the same thing, but the school said, no, we just want you to be the AD. And so then they kind of came to me and said, would you like to move over? Would you like to move over to the men's side? And thought a lot about it um, and decided to do it just kind of as another challenge. Right. Um, I kind of thought of it and I'm not looking to leave at all, but I kind of thought about like on the women's side, you're competing against both male and female for right. other jobs, right. potentially, you know, right. moving around right. the country. And on the men's side, you're only competing for the most part against men. So, know. You know, so, so that was just one of the things that, um, it was just another challenge. And it was something like people, you know, I've had people say, Oh, congratulations, you know, or, you know, almost like it was a step up and I never looked at it like that. Like I, I mean, I'm a head coach, blessed to be a head coach. Um, I'm coaching the women. So, and so tell me, awesome. tell me, tell me the similarities and the differences between the two,
1: especially well, at the collegiate level.
0: Yeah. I think, um, is recruiting. One of the, different? Uh, no, I think one of the biggest differences is the girls trusted me a lot sooner. You know, the girl and the girls, uh, once again, they, you know, if I tell them to do something, if we'd run a drill or we'd run this as an offense, whatever, um, they, they believe it, they would do it, you know, on the guy's side, we say, do this or do that. And they're kind of, they look at you sometimes like, well, I already know what I'm doing. You know, I don't, what, what do I need you for? You know, just give, give me the ball coach, you know? Right. And um with the girls it wasn't quite that same way but what
1: I've uh, noticed what I noticed with my niece who who got recruited and and dealing with guys being recruited I almost think the girls look at the school first yeah. and sometimes the boys look at the basketball yeah,
0: first. yeah. Um, um and again I think, not
1: stereotyping in any yeah. in any stretch but that's just the experience I've had um
0: here at Mount Mercy we're such a like we have an awesome nursing program, awesome education, you know, right. program. And so that attracted a lot of, you know, of, you know, the female athletes and things like that. Right. Um, but, you know, we've got close to 40 majors, you know. And so I think it's just a matter of I'm trying to find those players, just like a lot of coaches, that are going to take both seriously. Right. Because so, so, we yeah. say all the time, you don't get to be an athlete without being a student.
1: No. So. so tell me,
0: what division are you? NAIA.
1: NAI and what division? Well, I know they're going to well, one.
0: Yeah. We, division one right yeah. now. So when we joined the heart of America three or four or five years, four years ago, we went division one. We were division two before that when we were the old MCC. Okay. So um, I know you had coach Blaine, Jim Blaine on for yeah. a couple He's years a great ago. Guy. You know, so we're in the same conference. Coach okay. is awesome. Yeah, absolutely.
1: He He's so, a great guy. He's, he, I remember his state tournament team. He was a great guy. Um, so tell me about your school. Where is it located?
0: You know, what? Yeah. So Mount Mercy's kind of in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So Cedar Rapids is the second biggest city in Iowa. You know, there's about 180,000 people kind of in the general area, Marion, Hiawatha. Uh, yep. Mount Mercy's kind of up on a hill. So Mount Mercy, it's actually, if you go to the top of one of our dorms, it's kind of the highest point in Cedar Rapids. I think they they advertise that on the campus tour. And so <laughs> liberal arts school, Catholic institution, okay. um, you know, about 40 majors. Um, you know, we have close to 500 student athletes. And okay. so- um, you know, our basketball team, we have between 30 and 35 players, you know, running varsity, um, kind of reserve varsity, JV programs, all of that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, just, a, you know, I've been here a long time, you know, four years assistant, seven years, you know, women's coach five and years now. Now, so. now,
1: were you limited? I forgot what, James, you guys limited like the eight scholarships. Does that change? Because is, is, so, you guys are all going to one group, right? I think. Yeah.
0: So before the division, NAI Division One had 11. And okay. NAI division two had six. Um, and now we're all going to one division. It's going down to eight. And I heard you talking to Jim. Um, but the thing about it is the, in the NAI, you get these exemptions. If you have smart students, like you can take their money and cut it in half. Or even if they're, if they're really smart, it counts as zero. So you could give a kid a full ride. But if he's a 4.0 student, it doesn't, it doesn't go towards your scholarship limit. The same thing with you. If you get multi-sport athletes, like if you have a basketball player, And then he runs track as well. Then each, each sport takes half of his money. So then you have ways to kind of play around that. And so honestly, the number doesn't matter that much because coaches and schools can figure out how to kind of wiggle and, you know, get, get whatever they want out of it.
1: Right. Yeah. The sticker isn't always what you pay. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So (laughs) I always tell people that it's amazing on that. Um, okay. So, um, the hundred would you say 180,000
0: so that's a pretty big area oh yeah Cedar Rapids is you know Des Moines is the capital Des Moines is the biggest city but yeah Cedar Rapids is the second biggest so city what's your Iowa. recruiting how
1: far how far do you really I mean that always intrigues me how far your recruiting window is
0: yeah I would say there's we got about half of our players like I said total varsity you know all levels 30 to 35 about half are from Iowa and then about half aren't and so, where do the rest come from well, a lot of Illinois, we recruit the junior colleges really heavily. We get quite a few transfers, you know, okay. every year. I've got I mean, my best transfer actually this year is coming in from Milwaukee. We're really excited about him. Okay. We've got a player from Germany, Australia. I've got a kid coming in from Sweden, hopefully with okay. COVID, who knows, oh, yeah. um, you know. Let's hope um, you have a season. Yeah. So, but when, when I was on the women's side, my best point guard ever was, or one of them, I guess at first was from Chile. And so, okay. you know, like you get players from all over.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, it's uh, like, I was telling you, it's, it's an interest. It's an interest recruiting window that you guys yeah. have.
0: It's yeah. so,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: I think that we've got a, but I think on our side, and I just kind of, I continued this from the previous men's coach on the women's side, I recruited a lot more freshmen bringing them in um, on the men's side, we recruit a lot more transfers. And so we are kind of trying to balance that out between bringing in transfers that are ready to play right away, kind of understand college basketball You know, and then trying to get some freshmen that maybe they're ready right away. There's some that are gonna develop, and then some that are coming in and just want to be a part of the team.
1: Right, I I tell you the difference. I think that I think there's a bigger difference in college than there is in high school. I think the difference between a 14 and an 18 year old, and the difference between 18 and a 22 year old. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's absolutely. A, there's a bigger like you are a man by the time yeah, you're absolutely. 22. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> and going through, yeah, going just going through college, going through that competition every single day, right? You know, in any sport. Well, and it's you know, the way playing,
1: it's it's more the the contained yeah. environment. Yeah. They're not like, yeah. you know, the really good athletes not playing play in
0: five sports. different sports, you know, they're not doing all the Which they should
1: do. Things. I I don't no, I, I love don't love think it. they.
0: Yeah, I absolutely. Yes, I want them. I want well, I want to recruit and I've heard other coaches say this. I've heard, like, football coaches say this. Um, but I want to find players that played multiple sports. Oh, yeah. That have so, you know, that are involved in different things. We've got a couple guys on our team that are in the choir and, you know, or different things like that. You want players. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal Deal on Spotify. That are well-rounded.
1: Right, and I'm telling you, every Division I, I've I've got guys in the NFL, every time college coaches came in and looked at them, they they came to their basketball practice, too because they liked that they're competitors and they liked that they weren't the star of the basketball team, quote unquote, but they were playing because they were competitors. They wanted to win. They, you know, um, and I
0: think they will be healthier too. I think if you find a player, if you right now in this, in, in, in this cycle of AAU club, everything else, if you play one sport, all year long from sixth and seventh grade, you're going to get hurt. Your body is going to break down. And no, so I've, I've and read the research things. on this. Yeah, re- absolutely. The,
1: the research basically says you're not, you should, you, until you're in mid, late middle school, you should do as many sports because you're, you're yeah. doing different motor skills.
0: Yep, absolutely. So, uh-huh. yeah, and you're learning to think and, you know, yeah, you're using different muscles for different sports and everything else. So, and I've all, said this,
1: I've said this in the podcast before Wesley, who's like playing for the bucks. And he's like, yep. he, he was a First team all state soccer player. I swear to God, he sees yeah. the court the way he does on the yep. basketball because he played soccer. Absolutely, yep. because so. his footwork was better. He saw the court
0: better. I mean, all of those things. And he was obviously. I a think really good St- didn't Steve Nash always say that? You know, he was always. You know, he was so he was so good. You know, you remember watching some of the dunk contests or something like that, where he would kick the ball with his feet or hit it with his head or something, right. pass it to a teammate or something. Yeah you know, just having, being skilled in different things is a good thing. How did so, that guy play me? I mean, yeah. swear he's amazing. He's yeah. amazing. So much fun. Yes, absolutely. It's like,
1: there's a bit, f- you know, he the, the king of the floater because he yep, absolutely he couldn't get, he couldn't yep, get it sure. over someone like you, but he could, yep. oh, he could <laughs> yeah. get it off before you could block it. Yeah. Yep. yep absolutely. Um All right. So let's, let's talk at the Princeton offense a little bit. So let's say I know nothing about the Princeton offense. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would say that you would start simple. You know, the Princeton is kind of known for spacing the floor, um, shooting a lot of threes, and going back door, right? Okay. And I would say maybe even going back door is the very first thing. That that's, I think
1: that's what people think of.
0: If somebody thinks of the Princeton office, they think of the back door cut, going back door. Um, and that's great. I mean, I, we, we talk about this. First thing we talk about is going back door, going back door, go back door again, do it again. You know, we – um, talk all the time about you don't get to do what you want to do until you know what you're supposed to do. You know, you get freedom once you figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Okay. So, um, so And how do you
1: people, teach that cut? Because that's been hard for me because I run like a hybrid. Yeah. I mean, I have tendencies of Princeton in my offense. I have tendencies mm-hmm. of read and react in my offense. I have a little tendencies of dribble drive. It's a little bit of combination of all of them.
0: But so, I have a so real hard back, time
1: teaching them to do that.
0: So going back to – what we talked about early, but drills, you know, all of our drills are built around those cuts that we are getting to, you know, we talk about, we do a one step setup, not two steps, just, and we talk about the timing of it. I always say it's better to be late than early because if I cut and I'm early and you're not ready to pass me the basketball, then I'm never going to get it. Right? Right. I'm going to be open before you're ready to pass it. The defense is going to recover. But if I cut late, there's still a chance of me being open. You've just got to be able to handle it or vice versa. And so we, our drills are kind of built around when you're cutting. And so, um, you know, and I I think the next thing, or one of the things that Princeton is built around or known for is kind of getting the ball on the elbow, right? Getting the ball on the elbow. And a lot of times for us, it's the post player, the post player is getting the ball on the elbow. You're bringing the post defender away from the basket and getting the ball to that player. And then you're getting kind of your different movements. You're, you know, if the, Post gets the ball at the elbow, you know, your point guard is cutting one way. Like we, it's literally the offense is called point for us. And so we call it point screen away, point down the middle, point over the top. And so that tells you, that's exactly what the point guard is doing once the five man has it. Um, and then you're making your different reads and cuts off of that stuff. And so I think what is difficult about it is that it does take repetition because you have to, you know, everybody kind of has to learn these things at the same time. Right. But going back to, you know, earlier we talked, you know, you said, I listened to one of your podcasts about the read and react. Yep. That's basically what it is. You know, I can call a play or the point guard can call a play. But if you get to the point where you're, you know, um, at Northwestern after a few years, or even some teams, if I've got uh, return, you know, veterans that have run this for a little while, we don't have to call stuff. Our point guard is supposed to make this read. If he passes the ball, he passes the ball to the postman at the five. And his his defender jumps to the ball, will then cut to the basket. Go down the middle, get a give and go, and score a layup. And so all these things um, we're putting in is you're reacting to what the defense is doing. Um, It's just controlled. It's a controlled motion.
1: It is. And it's like the the reacting part's the heart. I mean, I'm trying to teach you how to play. That's what I tell the guys.
0: I don't want you to be a robot. Yeah. I think so much of the Princeton was created because, you know – for so many years, you know, man to man defense, man to man defense, jump to the ball, hand in the passing lane, right? If I'm guarding you and you throw the ball over to the right or left, then I'm jumping that way. Well, if you jump to the ball and I go back door, I'm going to be open for a split second. And so right. that's kind of where it was built around. And so then you're trying to get the defense uncomfortable. You're trying to get the defense kind of in a scramble mode where somebody, if, if nobody helps, then I'm open, I score a layup. But then if somebody helps, then that's creating chaos, that's creating movement. And the defense is always going to, you're going to lose somebody eventually if the offense has, can move the basketball and have right. the, you, players do the you, talent.
1: Do you find it hard to, I find it hard for the passer to make the pass um, at times that they're open. Yeah. And they'll see it on film. Yeah. Um, and again, we're not, we're dealing with, we probably, yeah. as high school coaches, probably deal with a wider range of yeah. abilities. Um, yeah, but
0: I think, I think it just goes back to drilling. And I think okay. it goes back to, like, as a coach, you're not trying to put in 72 different options. Right. Like, you're, you're, you're giving – you're giving you're making a pass. And you can even – you don't even have to teach it as an offense. You know, I've been talking to some coaches recently, and I say, just teach it as a play. Call it head tap. Call it chest. Call it fist. Call it elbow. Whatever you want to call it. Well, we you – know, Back door. I don't yeah. care. You know, yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yes, absolutely. So just, <laughs> just teach it as a play, and so then you're, you're telling, you know, you're telling the guy with the ball to look, okay, this guy's going back door and this guy's popping. Who's open? Throw it to him, you know. And so you're not saying you have – you don't have to see the back door, the pop, the over the ear, and, you know, if, you're, if you have the opportunity to attack, then looking at all those things, you know, those – that kind of comes with getting more comfortable. But you start with, like I said, we're at the college level. We're saying the first option is backdoor. So that's all we're teaching. Backdoor, 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 backdoor. And then once they get in their head that it's backdoor, then we start adding the other things. That's after backdoor. So let's say you teach backdoor first, then what? So then it's, so we are, it kind of depends on whether somebody's dribbling at you. So the backdoor, if I'm dribbling at you and your defender jumps to me, you go backdoor. Okay. If I'm yeah. dribbling at you and your defender kind of drops into the help, drops into the gap, you're coming around for the handoff. And so we're getting into this kind of weave situation, backdoor handoff, backdoor handoff, backdoor handoff, if there's some kind of dribble movement. And so and this can continue. I'm dribbling at you and you cut back door. You're not open. That's fine. I go dribble to the next player. And then he can do the same. He or she can do the same thing. Go back door, come around for the handoff. Um, if I have the and how
1: long would that, so let's say, let's say I'm putting that into my offense as a high school coach. That's yep. probably a week's worth of stuff just getting good at that.
0: Yes, and so once again, Later. we are building all of this stuff in to. but I think that AAU basketball and even high school basketball, you know, and younger is teaching more of that. They're teaching the read and react. They're teaching dribble drive. They're teaching right. all those things. And so there's a lot more dribble handoffs in today's basketball. Even outside of Princeton, than there was back when I was playing, right? You know, and so, um, so I think they're getting more comfortable with that. And yeah. so, you know, you're just adding instead of just giving them f- total freedom, you're just adding some structure to that, right? So, but back to the Princeton, like if I'm holding the basketball, then two players are running basically at each other, and then one's going backdoor and one's popping, and so that's kind of the next action that is very that the Princeton is known for okay. is. And so and then so if this guy and we always say that the guy getting the screen is the one that makes the decision. And so then if he comes and he sees his defender drop, well then he's not going to cut back door because you're cutting into your defender. You're popping to get that three, and then the, the screener is cutting back door. You're splitting okay. that screen. So I you split screen.
1: Can you run this? Can you run this with five out?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. You know,
0: and so but it's all I think with the five out, it's more of you're getting into the dribble dribble drive stuff. You're getting more into the weave stuff. You're getting more into the backdoor stuff. Um, I think that, but I said with our five man now this year, he has become such a good shooter. We don't just kind of confine him to the elbow area. We let right. him step out. He can, he can stop at the elbow and things happen off of it, but he can also kind of go all the way up and jump stop kind of an inside pivot at the three-point line. And so all of a sudden we're kind of expanding the floor even more. And if his defender doesn't come out, then he's knocking down that shot. You have to come out and defend him there.
1: And it opens things up. It leaves lanes and you know, space. Yep, absolutely.
0: So, so then all of a sudden the five defender is guarding at the three point line. And trust me, talking as a big man, we don't like to go out and defend on the three point line. And so then you're opening up the backdoor cuts. You're opening up, you're creating help situations. Um, and in today's basketball, I you know I was listening to the podcast you were talking about position as basketball. You know, right. and players now, you know, there's not as many six eleven guys that just stick to the block. You know, players can dribble. They no, they're can Giannis can shoot. Absolutely, they're Giannis. Ooh, he is amazing. <laughs> uh, I love Giannis. Uh, yes, absolutely. But it's just a matter of yeah. All of a sudden, our five men can shoot the basketball, and he can pass, and he can dribble. And so then it's just creating. You're trying to create chaos. You're trying to create help situations and take advantage of it.
1: Right. No, I agree. So um let. So here I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I give you three things. You can only do three things at your practice. Okay. What are the three things you do at your practice? So shoot and shoot
0: a lot. We I know shoot a lot of things? I,
1: I I know I. It, I'm so bad. That's that's. I know. I've gotten better. I I yeah. I raised a shooter in my house because yeah. I was a shooter. Yeah. So the last couple of years I've been better because he'll come home and go. We ain't enough shots up today, Dad. Yeah. We ain't get enough shots up today. And it's like yeah. I know. Very I
0: know. rarely would any of our players say that. So we are shooting, and it and it shows. I mean, I think this year we we shot the most threes, and we maybe made the second most. But which you know that's not how you want. But two years ago we shot the most and made the most, and so right. that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But we are, we shoot so many threes and we space the floor um, that we are practicing that all of the time in, you know, full court, half court, everything. Okay. Um, I'd say that, you know, once again, we run this Princeton offense, but we play very fast. And so I'd say, you know, half of our stuff comes in transition. And so we play a game we call UCLA and it's just a continuous fast break, you know, three on two or four on three with one guy running in, you know, got to touch half court and then catch up you know, and so you're working on defense. So we, I don't know, we call that game UCLA. I'd play that. And then I'd scrimmage. Right.
1: Okay.
0: And you know, it'd be a controlled scrimmage, but I love scrimmaging. Um, We talked about earlier because it's bringing out that competition. All those things would be competitive. And um, I think you're getting, you're doing all aspects of the game.
1: I've always believed in doing things live and doing them like you know. I'm not a big and you know. Obviously, we got to work on some drill stuff, but I like I like to be able to teach within that. Um, uh, so talk about the the stereotype of the Princeton offense being a slowdown. And and trust me, I live in Wisconsin. Everyone thinks that you know, Bo Ryan ran a slowdown offense. Yeah. He really didn't.
0: No, yeah. And so.
1: and 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 Dick did a little bit. Bennett a little bit. Um, but still, they were, they were not like, you know, taking it to the two seconds on the shot clock. Yeah. So.
0: so, I mean, I would say it's just, that's, it's just the name. It's the stigma of the name, you know. And so, I think that um, one of my teammates, Tavares Hardy, is a coach at Loyal Maryland right now. Um, okay. He was, you know, his last year he was an assistant at Northwestern with Carmody. I think he said that they maybe led the Big Ten in scoring, you know. And so, you know, on the women's side, on the men's side, I've never, we've never averaged, on the men's side, we've never averaged below 80 points a game. You know, like our, our problem has not been on the offensive end. It's been on the defensive it end.
1: It needs to be rebranded.
0: Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, re- remember Mike Brown got the, the Lakers job for like four days, four games. Uh-huh. And he came in and said, I'm going to run the Princeton. And there was like a player revolt, you know, right. like, you know, Kobe and different players were saying, well, we're not going to do that. Right. Well, but now you see in the league – you know, the Warriors, I mean, the, the Nuggets run it so much. You have, you give the Joker the basketball and then players are cutting off of it. They're
1: running the Old Prince the State it. ran a when, when Steph and all them were, they ran yes. a version of it. It wasn't that.
0: Absolutely. So, it's like you know, all those, so, fl- yeah. Yep. So, the Washington Wizards a number of years ago had a coach and they ran it almost primarily, you know, and it was awesome to seeing the best players in the world running it at full speed. You know, that was fun to watch. And so, but yeah, I think it just comes down to calling it the Princeton. It just has that stigma because, because it's just basketball. And it's, once again, you're shooting layups and free throws and threes. That's what today's game is. Right, right. Right. That's what today's game is. (laughs) And you're spacing the floor. And
1: and I have a whole theory on this coach, because I've been saying this. I don't know if I've put any of these podcasts up. I think the game is going to make another another pivot in the sense that I think the mid-range. You think so? I do. I think it. I think if you can hit a 12 to 15 footer, like a layup, like I'm just telling kids, if you can do that, you will get open shots.
0: So I think, I (laughs) think for, for young kids, they need to be there. You don't want to see a fourth and fifth and sixth grader just bombing from 25 feet. They don't want to be Steph Curry. They're not strong. It's throwing everything
1: out. No, I tell people it's a geometry problem. It's like shooting on a 15-foot mm-hmm. basket. Yes, like, absolutely. Shooting, yeah. It's a geometry problem. Yeah. I didn't let my son – my son's a really good three-point shooter. I didn't let him yeah. shoot three until he was in like seventh or eighth grade because yes. he wasn't absolutely. shooting enough. Yep, absolutely. And I still had to break his shot down between freshman <laughs> and sophomore year. Yep. I had to, yep. we had to retweak it over the summer yep. because they're doing this. Yes, they're or, they,
0: or they're coming from the hip and going like this, and you, you're not yeah. supposed to be on a shot put, you know. But it's, so, my
1: with, it's my theory with – it's my theory with – it's what Princeton did to the game you know, you know when, they, when they were doing that offense you know, yeah. 15, 20 years ago. I yeah. think the mid-range is just – it literally has been a loss to, the, to yeah. the ages. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like. Um, we love those. Um, and send me an email, steve.teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better.